This is Lachlan Rouston. This is Raf Friedman. And you're listening to the fittest podcast in Australia, The Mind Muscle Project. All right, Project, welcome back. We're going to be talking today about simple diet changes that you can make to improve your body composition. Now, the purpose of this episode is to give you a framework for those of you out there who don't really want to go through bulking and cutting phases, but just want to optimize your, your long-term diet, your, your long-term habits that will give you the best body composition, right? We know a lot of people online or in person that just stay in really good shape year-round. And it's not because they're necessarily any more uh, genetically blessing you or that they you know, have potentially, you know, harder training or better training or a better program. It's that they make simple changes or they have simple habits, whether aware or not aware of them, that keep their body optimized for the best condition possible, which is the lowest body fat percentage and the highest muscle mass that is sustainable over a long period of time. Obviously, you can have, you know, 10, 9% body fat, but you can't sustain that over a very long period of time. So it's about finding the sweet spot for you here that if you stretch it out over a five or 10 year time scale, you'll have the most optimal body composition. So really it's about just like simple choices and then simple understanding of where, you know, hidden calories come from and stuff that you just can avoid or should avoid if you want to optimize for this. I think, you know, what makes it so powerful is because you may not realize, but like most people eating the same five to 12 meals all the time. Yeah, depending on where you fit on that scale, but like you, even if you don't think about it, you probably eat like very similar meals all the time. Your favorite breakfast, your favorite dinner, your favorite dessert, whatever it is, right? The same thing you get for lunch every day. So if you make these changes into those, all of those like five meals you always eat, you make an enormous change. Yes, to your diet, like absolutely huge because you're not like one-off things. These are like you're changing the repetitive meals you have every day. Yes, absolutely. So the underlying mechanism that is going to optimize for this is having the highest amount of protein in your diet so increasing your protein account while you know decreasing your calories now the second part of that decreasing your calories is not the most necessary part but the protein part is so there's been multiple studies that have shown this but in one particular study they gave all the participants a 2000 calorie diet they controlled for exercise they controlled for activity as best they could and in one group, they gave um, you know a, a high protein diet, and the others a low protein diet, the same amount of calories. But at the end of the eight-week protocol, the uh, the control or the group that had the high protein diet had a better body composition, so less body fat, or had lost the more body fat and gained more muscle mass than the other group. And that is because they had a higher protein intake. Because protein it helps with um, you know it's a natural thermogenic, so as you eat more protein, your body has to work harder to break it down. And it also has muscle preservation, right? So it's going to preserve your muscle mass better than if you're eating less protein. So it's going to give you more muscle mass at the end of the day. And then if you're in a deficit, it's obviously going to decrease your body fat. So definitely um, increasing your protein intake is the most important thing. And then obviously, if you want to slowly optimize to lose weight, then you want to be decreasing your calories. So how do we do this? So on a more practical level, there are obviously certain foods that I believe will hinder your progress and then certain foods that will aid your progress. Now, obviously, if you follow the flexible dieting mentality then or philosophy, you'll know that all foods are on the table and absolutely they should be if you want them to be. 
but there's definitely food groups that if you eat more from 95% of the time from and 5%, 10% from the other group, you just make progress a lot quicker. Whereas the flexible dieting group that goes, well, I want to have cookies every day and I want to have ice cream every day and I want to have this every day and I want to have it in very measured and controlled amounts. You can still do that, but I think sometimes it's more difficult. Mm. Like you, if you're going to include all the delicious foods, you have to be so strict on their quantities. Sometimes it can just be easier to just take them out. That's the cost. The cost is you need to be way more diligent. And it's in hard. Terms of tracking and discipline to have a small amounts. It's not like a free-for-all whatsoever. So most people don't really have the discipline to like always include those foods. Yes. Because it makes it so much harder. And if you look at... There's um, a really good Instagram profile for anyone that hasn't followed him. He's quite popular at the moment. His name is um, Graham something, but it's called The Fitness Chef. And he gives a lot of examples of like common foods where if you make, you know, a, f- a full fat cheese to, I don't know, like a low fat cheese, for example, then, you know, you can save yourself 300 calories or something significant. And he just gives you like simple examples like that and how much it can make a difference. So I definitely encourage you to follow him and have a look at his stuff. He's got a book. It's called Lose Weight Without Losing Your Mind. Um, and he, he really gives a lot of examples of this, but I wanted to give you a more simplified version of it today and talk more behind the why behind these choices. Um, but essentially, when um, we also take our protein intake up, we will be reducing our hunger levels and feeling more full as well. And that is a huge part of dieting is your appetite control and your fullness control, right? If you're eating foods that are highly addictive very palatable like cookies and donuts and stuff that you can absolutely include in a in a diet you are setting yourself up to make it a lot more difficult Mm. and potentially setting yourself up for failure and so you just have to know that when you want to include those foods because everyone's different right so if you tell someone they can't eat something that's the only thing they want to focus on if you sell other people you know it's probably best not to eat it they'll make the choice themselves to not eat it ever again (laughs) or like very rarely and so everyone's different, right? So you have to understand what is going to be the best approach for you. What are you like as a person when you try to do something or think about certain things? Is it going to be better to leave things out completely, have a little bit of it or have it all the time by just in controlled amounts? That's going to be, you know, a really individual way to do this. Now, here's, uh, here's some, I guess, you know, practical stuff that you can use um, and just some examples for this to make the slow sustainable changes. And Again, I have to say that it's not 100% of the time. It's just if you can do this, you know, 90, 95% of the time, that's where you get the results. Mm. I, I don't love 80, 20, to be honest. It's just, I feel like 20% can just, you can do enough damage in the 20% that it, you can wipe out the 80%. It's hard to do a lot of damage in 10% or mm. 5% of the time. So you can do this 90, 95% of the time, you're going to be, you know, much better off. So the first one is, and these are all examples. Obviously, we can go a lot deeper on this stuff. There are a lot more examples out there, but these are the most common ones I find. So the first one is red meat. Now, people that, you know, they go to the gym, they train, they consider their protein intake. Red meat automatically becomes a pretty staple in their diet. There are some really good choices and there are some really bad choices here in terms of optimizing for body composition. So the worst choices you can make when it comes to red meat, um, scotch fillet, ribeye, T-bone, uh, be like 70% lean uh, mm. beef mince, like 70% beef. Just and the, like basically regular beef, beef yeah. mince. I think it's about 70%. Extra lean beef mince is like, yeah. I think it's 95% yeah. beef. Yeah. Uh, or 95% meat, like 5% fat or whatever you call it. 5% fat in it, yeah. 5% fat, yeah. So those those sorts of choices. Um, 
and then like the substitutions the best you know red meats rump flank sirloin they're generally going to be better lamb is a tough one lamb is very fatty mm. lamb is extremely fatty so if you are like me and you are a fitness studio or gym owner or manager out there you need to check out the fitness studio software that i found i think two and a half years ago and i have been with it ever since and it is called wellness living for me it's the ultimate all-in-one business management solution if you are a gym owner now i've been in this game for nearly a decade so i've tried all the different brands out there and i switched to wellness living because they just gave me all the things i needed and they were easy to use and painless this is things like making class schedules, booking clients in, taking memberships, creating memberships, selling products, proteins, all the different things in my gym. It does all that scheduling stuff. That's why I went on it and that's why I'm still with them. So they have an offer exclusively for our listeners. They are currently offering 50% off your first three months when you subscribe to their business plan. And of course, they will take over the whole migration from whatever software you are on currently. So to help you out, just go to the description and you will find the link where you can get a free demo of their software, speak to them, see if it's right for you. And then if it is, you can get that 50% off discount. So enjoy. Good luck with your gym. It's not that you can't eat lamb. Again, it might just fall into that 5% time, that one in every 10 or 20 times that you choose to go whatever red meat today, that's when you can go for something like lamb. But if you're having lamb every single day, if you're Greek or something like that, yeah. it's going to make it really hard to optimize your body composition. It's just so much fat. And I'm telling you, like the amount of fat in a scotch fillet compared to a rump steak, is sig- the calorie difference is significant. So oh yeah it's almost like you can eat four rumps or like one scotch fillet well even if you go from 95 percent minutes to 87 minutes like you've four x the fat yeah so you're f- four times the fat in it yeah you haven't four x the calories but you probably like doubled the calories yeah of the meal which is huge double is huge which for like the same size double patty, is, you'll barely notice you'll honestly barely notice the difference exactly you barely notice the difference double the is insane like yeah. you know 10 percent increase makes a difference simple stuff like this right especially because fat is so calorie dense so anytime that we want to reduce calories here and up the protein especially because a lot of protein sources come with fat if you can just choose always choose the lower fat options 95 percent of the time yeah. you'd be surprised how much you can improve your body composition that's definitely the first one and it's it can be one of the hardest because in the, in the example of mince doesn't make much difference but in the example of steaks it can make a huge difference it's a whole different the taste, cut, right yeah. yeah so like i understand that it's a lot more tasty but, you know, you get used to what you get used to. Um, and if it's important to you, you'll make those changes. Now, when it comes to fish, uh, the, the fattiest fish is tuna and salmon. Um, they do have a lot of good fats in them. Um, so, I don't mind it being in the diet once a fortnight, once a week, maybe. But you can sub it with fish oil supplements. Now, fish oil obviously has fat in it as well, but they've concentrated the nutrients into that. So, you could always have, you know... If you're eating salmon for the nutrients, then have a fish oil tablet, you know, and just cut fish out of your diet or have a lean fish, like a barramani or something like that. But you do want still want to have the nutrients that you get from salmon. You can get that from a fish oil tablet. There's not too many calories in a fish oil tablet compared to a piece of salmon. Yes, salmon is extremely... Compared to a white fish, yeah, you're eating over double the calories. A white fish is like one of the choices of like the staple protein choices mm. of like a bodybuilding cut. Mm. White fish and chicken breast. So... I think white, white fish is, is more palatable than chicken breast, to be honest. Um, 
The next one is going to come from your milk choices. Obviously, milk is a huge part of protein intake. It's in coffees. It's in um, cereals. It's like there's derivatives of it like cheese and um, uh, cheese and yogurt as well. So there are all basically all dairy here, right? There are like high fat choices and low fat choices. And I think that if you can sub out the high fat choices for low fat choices or carbohydrate, Rich choices, like I know, for example, if you subbed a, um, just a regular milk for an oat milk, you're going to get more carbohydrates probably from the oat milk than you would from the regular milk. But because you get so much less fat, probably get a little bit less protein as well. Um, you're still better off in the long run. You're still going to be getting less calories. And obviously, carbohydrates, you can use a bit better for energy. So making those substitutions is helpful, except in the case where I feel like you just have such a small amount that it's significant. Like if you have a dash of milk in your protein shake, you no have difference. a tiny coffee, such an insignificant difference. It's when you start consuming a lot of milk in the day. I have Ooh. 600 mils of milk in my protein shake. I have, you know, two cappuccinos a day, two full cups of milk, um, a bowl of cereal, you know, like two bowls of cereal or like I have a whole tub of yogurt, half a, you, you eat a lot of yogurt, right? Mm. Those are when the calories can really add up if you're going for the high fat choices. What are the low... I'm not a big cheese guy. What are the low-fat versions of cheese that people could offer? Cottage no. cheese is one, right? I hate cheese. Oh, you hate cheese? I hate cheese. I never eat cheese. <laughs> oh, okay. I hate, I hate cheese. Too. Melted cheese, I can tolerate like on a pizza. But right, we're exactly the same. I never buy cheese to eat. Right, there we go. Generally, cheese is high-fat. Um, so yeah, like going for the low-fat dairy options and dairy's a big one. I remember once we had a client and he just got it in his head that he like had to drink light milk. He must have been having so many high fat coffees because literally the only change he made was he went from he went from cappuccinos. He must have been having like four or five cappuccinos a day. He was a tradie, so he's like up really early. And he subbed it for a long black with a dash of light milk because he's like, I just can't do long black. I need a bit of milk in there. And he lost like four kilos yeah. in four weeks. Well, like, it's funny. People make such shit. a big deal about like um, like drinks with calories. Yeah, but like you get, you know, I was looking like a Sprite, and this Sprite had like a, it was like a full can. It had 19 grams of carbs. I'm like, man, it's not many calories. It was yeah. like under 80 calories yes. for the entire drink. Not that much, man. Like a cup of milk has way more. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like you're like it'll, you'll gain weight way faster because it's got protein and it's got fat and it's got, and it's got, fat. got had way more than 80 calories in it. Yeah, like a you know they, they make such a big deal about the the drinks that have like uh, carbs or sugars in them, mm. but milk's generally going to be much faster at gaining weight than any yeah. of those. Rich Froning, chocolate milk, baby. He's using that to replace his ridiculous training sessions. Um, so, dairy, huge option. Now, another one that kind of creeps up on people here is oil, cooking oils, right? So, a lot of these foods we're talking about here, generally stuff that you're going to be doing when you're doing your own cooking at home. We will get to some stuff when you eat out. Uh, but pouring oils into the pan um, is a much easier way to get calories than cooking spray. That's a very simple change. I mean, you can use the complete nonstick pan, uh, but if you combine a nonstick pan with a cooking spray, I mean, if you just give it a once-over spray, you're probably having like maybe half a teaspoon max, mm. maybe quarter of a teaspoon versus if you pour olive oil in, you're probably going to have three tablespoons. And that's like a big difference in the amount yeah. of fat you make. And your food is going to absorb most of that fat, you know? Um, and... Yeah, I just think that uh, a spray is like so much more efficient. Uh, obviously, it spreads it out way more. And yeah, if you just cook a lot, if you cook in a pan two to three times a day, some people yeah cook every meal in the pan. 
you're going to be saving yourself a lot of fats. I know you can even um, in air fryers, like you can probably pour, like you use an air fryer, right, Connor? Do you use one, Raph? No, Connor, use an air fryer. Like, can you adjust how much fat you put in to cook a meal? Like if you, if you're... But you oh, you never put oil. You don't think you use any fat for an air fryer? I think, no, I think some people do. Right. Yeah, yeah, I th- I've seen people, like I mean, for fat potatoes and stuff, they add a bit fatty. of oil. I know my mum adds some oil in the section yeah, of her air fryer. Yeah, so, yeah, you could even just change over to something like an air fryer. Mm. If you do use a lot of oils when you cook, just like going to these non, like an air fryer without any oils at all is definitely an option. Um, like an yeah. Uh, and then, so that that's going to be a big one for people, small changes. Um, downsizing coffees as well, like we talked about before. So, stuff like lattes and cappuccinos that have a lot of milk just subbing them out for you know smaller coffees like piccolos and shreddos long black all that sort of stuff makes a big difference if you drink a lot of coffee yeah i do know we get those large coffees man there are some big coffees out well there. i'm just gonna i was just about to say for our american audience oh dude a lot of you are ridiculous they're huge some of them are like 32 ounces yeah yeah but even like a really big iced latte like man it's like a lot of milk in these drinks so for those of you who've never traveled to america that are listening to from other parts of the world we're going to give you a bit of a breakdown on Starbucks coffees here. Okay. It's not... No, we're going to just click on... The Star, just just go Starbucks count. menu. Calorie menu. Yeah, here we go. Starbucks nutrition. They have a nutrition page, everyone. Okay. So, let's have a look at that t- that the t- different sizes. Zero go, go up a bit. Go up and zoom in. Okay. So... That's their small, but their small can go up to, their frappuccinos can go up to 180 No, no that calories. is the list of drinks that are 200 calories or less. Oh, Give right. us the shit. No, no one orders that shit. The things that actually people like, here oh we go. My Buried God. in the fine print. <laughs> uh, we've got calories on the far right, yeah? Yeah. Okay. There's got to be there's got to be more calories here somewhere. Anyway, there's, there's drinks that are 32 ounces. 32 ounces? In mills for the rest of the world, uh, I'll give you the maths. Thirty-two ounces in. Okay, uh, so thirty-two ounces is nearly a liter. So there are drinks that you can purchase, like regularly in Starbucks, that are over. It's a liter worth of coffee, and that could be a liter of milk, close to a liter mm. of milk with other stuff in it. So, yeah, there's a lot of calories in coffees i think that when people talk about cutting back on your coffee consumption they may be specifically targeting americans yeah that drink at starbucks so that would be like the more extreme example but yeah like i said you just can just reduce your calories quite easily from making different choices and still enjoying the coffee by just making small changes now another one is your supplement intake especially with protein shakes is what you mix your protein shake with if you're mixing Again, with any kind of milk, oat milk, almond milk, potentially consider changing it to water. You know That will save you a lot of calories and you get used to it pretty mm. quick. And worst case, do like what I do. I do 90% water and a dash of milk, you know, just to give it that little bit of extra density um, and just a little bit more palatable. And, you know, it's maybe adding in 20 calories, you know, extra. So that's an option there. Now, obviously, onto one of the most popular meats on the planet, if not the most popular meat, is chicken. Chicken thighs is just one of those things that if you learn to sub it out and you go for breast and tenders, huge difference, especially if you're having chicken multiple times in the week. 
thighs just have way more fat mm. than breasts and tenders and that's why they're so delicious but yeah anytime that you're cooking your chicken if you can opt for tenders and breasts and you can figure out a way to cook them it doesn't completely dry out the breasts huge change yeah i think people what you can be surprised if you even adding like some oil like spray oils and stuff to the pan to make the chicken breast taste a bit better yeah still less calories than just eating chicken thighs yeah yeah and then rather than covering it in sauces like putting herbs and spices on them um, which have like almost no calories there's even like uh some spices that i use it's called like the at the supermarket moroccan seasoning and like different and different types of seasoning that you can use and it makes a huge difference it tastes awesome um so outside of the chicken we've even got high protein cereals on the market now that are way better choices than wheat beaks or neutral grain or fruit loops or whatever these other cereals are i know in oz we haven't had this we've got something called epic crunch which is a high protein cereal which is great if you look at the macros and that it's fantastic magic spoon we've talked about this before they're in america they're also a high protein cereal we've had them right yeah, we had we, all the boxes. Yeah, yeah, we they had were delicious all, yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's like way more fitter choices out there these days. Eggs is going to be another one as well. If you have three or four eggs a day, potentially consider subbing out the full egg and just having one egg yolk because you still want the nutrients there and then doing the rest of your eggs just egg whites. You know, if you're having omelets or scrambled eggs or even just fried eggs, just, yeah, making it just one yolk um, can make a big difference especially if you eat eggs every single day. So if you have eggs every single day, having one yolk every day is good. You get a lot of nutrients. It's mm. when you don't eat eggs every single day that maybe then you want to opt in. So say your, your budget is like five full eggs a week, six full eggs a week. That's probably what you want to be going for to get yeah. all the nutrients. Um, and then probably last thing to just note here is because you do start making some of these substitutions, you will lose some nutrients along the way. It's important to add like a multivitamin or a greens powder into your diet to just ensure that you're replacing some of the misnutrients that could be happening from some of these substitutions. Cool. Um, okay, so now we're going to move on to what you need to avoid when you eat out. And this can be one of the most damaging times. It's obviously a lot easier to control your calories when you're at home, but we all love to go out, eat out. You know, it could be every day for some people. It could be once a week for others. Some people never. But when you ultimately do eat out there are a few things that you can do to definitely make a huge difference and the first thing especially if it's a new restaurant for you is previewing the menu beforehand with something we always tell our clients if you're going out it's way easier to pick the menu pick the food you're going to go for ahead of time versus you've had two drinks and you know people are getting carried away and someone orders for you and you know you're hungry you just go for the most delicious thing you don't even read the whole menu you just go oh yeah the steak i'll take yeah. it Having a look at the menu beforehand can be super helpful. It's like ordering online for your grocery shopping versus like going to the supermarket hungry. You do a lot more damage going to the mm. supermarket hungry and walking through aisles that you shouldn't have walked through versus just like being on your phone and typing in the stuff that you need and just ordering exactly what you need. My basket, my shopping basket online is always smaller than my shopping basket in person. Yes. Like nearly every single time. Um, so reading the menu beforehand, generally I'm going to avoid red meat dishes unless I'm, you know, at that you know, five, 10% exception for the week or for the month or whatever it is. Because red meat dishes generally are going to always use fattier cuts mm. of meat, right? Because their incentive at the restaurant is to get you coming back again, not to lower your calories so that you stay in shape. That is not their incentive. So the one food that you would almost always avoid is burgers. Like burgers have to be one of the highest calorie foods on the menu. Unfortunately, yeah. they are delicious, but 
they they've got the most fat they've got bread on the bun they've got sauces they've got you know high fat red meat they they're not using an extra lean mince no and the thing with burgers is that when you actually reduce them to like a, a moderate calorie intake they suck yeah <laughs> like, oh, lettuce, like lettuce lean bun. meat like no bombing now but now it's a terrible dish yeah it's dry and i don't want it um now i want to make a point here about sauces because i feel like the sauces the sauce is the most it's like a it's like a trojan horse yeah the sauce have if you've ever i had this experience recently so we had a professional chef at a friend's house and they were making a sauce for us so i was watching how they made it all and they were making oh i forget what the sauce is called but it's like a green pesto-y sauce that you add on like steaks i can't remember what it's called uh, anyway it's like a little condiment that you have on the side and you spread it over your steak no not mint um the amount of oil that went into this sauce i didn't even know you could i didn't even know you could pour that much oil in a blender blend it up with other stuff and have it not look like oil mm. i reckon this it was like a few leaves like some like chopped a, up stuff like an oil spill and then it was like it goes just just free pour some oil in we free poured some oil for probably like two three second free pour like fuck it's a lot of oil he goes more <laughs> are you sure more 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 i reckon we must have poured like half the olive oil container into it we only came out with like uh, like three little condiments of this i don't know how all the leaves sucked it up or whatever how it's like magical dish but it was like all oil at this point and you don't even know right you see this tiny little blob of sauce and you think i'll just dip my stuff in it mm. no harm no foul they are fucking packed with calories even when we went to did the ten thousand calorie challenge and we were at um the grilled burger place how we ended up crossing the line is because one of the sauce containers, when we looked at it, because you're obviously trying to get the maximum amount of calories possible in the easiest way possible, was just the dipping sauce for the yeah. chips. Each dipping sauce had 450 calories. It's a small dipping sauce. It's like <laughs> the size of like three Gatorade lids. That's it, where the sauce. And just dipping, and you can do that so easily. Yeah. You can go, you go, you don't even, it's not even all your chips uh, for the dipping sauce. 450 calories, one of the top dipping, because I think we chose the most calorie dense dipping sauce. Yeah, it's like one of I the I think it was, ones. yeah, it was yeah. like the white one. Yeah. It, it was honestly the, it was the like winning formula of the 10,000 calorie challenge. It's so easy to sauces. do as well. But you think about how many dishes they just add it onto yeah. on top or they put it in like with your, when you eat out, like you want to get, so the, the trick to this, you get sauces on the side. Yeah. And if they, they give you some weird look, you just go, oh, like, look, I've got, um, I've got allergies. I need like sauce on the side. Yeah. 910 kilojoules. That's, yeah, that's 450 calories yeah and it's so small like look at the size of it like you can you can do that so easily 35 grams you've got 400 calories there that's the thing you don't even realize it's so innocent looking look at it it's so small <laughs> yeah how, how are you so dangerous so like keep sauces on the side or just remove them completely uh that goes for salads like if possible um get the dressings on the sides there's a lot of high fat dressings out there that again they don't look very uh like malicious they're just delicious looking sauces next thing you know you've added four five hundred calories just in the sauce so it's usually what people add in mm. to these meals when they go out that make them taste so good but increase the calories and that's obviously what you don't get when you're at home you don't make your custom sauces yeah. with olive oil right but they make them all the time when they eat out um if you can stick to chicken or white fish dishes when you're out they're generally going to have lower calories and then when it comes to drinking alcohol if you can click 
if you can stick to clear spirits like tequila or zero calorie mixes like Coke Zero or soda water, it's going to be more helpful. If you can stay off mixes and you can just go straight spirits on the rocks or, or shots or whatever, generally gonna you're going to have less because mm. the alcohol is so present. It's like drinking coffee, right? If you drink espressos, you're going to drink less because it's so bitter that you get so much palate fatigue mm. so quickly. The same as alcohol. If you can really taste the alcohol in something, then you're going to drink a bit less of it because it feels way stronger whereas if you're mixing it in with something that's delicious and sweet it's like margaritas right you can drink so many of them because yeah. they don't taste like you're drinking alcohol it's more you hide the actual ingredient the more damage you're going to do so if you can drink clear spirits ideally without any mixes just on ice you're going to drink less um yeah or if you mix it with if you are going to mix it if it's intolerable by itself then with a, a zero calorie mixer it's going to be best um, I'd said, yeah, generally avoid dishes with cheese. We talked about cheese before. <laughs> cheese cheese is kind of like a sauce in some way. It's like those extra just high fat calories. I always get whatever the option is when it comes to burgers. I always say no cheese. Yeah. Because I know if I say no cheese, depending on the restaurant, it, it saves 200 calories in a heartbeat. I actually don't even think it tastes that much different either. Like I'm not a huge fan of cheese. So I don't think it adds that much. Um, and that's it. Yeah. Pretty much when you eat out. I'll just never forget the, at, uh, at the college in America, the bowl of cheese. I just had a bowl of just melted cheese. I'd never seen that in my whole at life. At the cafeteria. At the cafeteria. So just a bowl. With, a, sc- like, with a spoon in it, right? Yeah. But just liquid. I was like, what the... I was like, what is that? I was like, must be some sort of... Like, oh, it's cheese. Like, what's liquid? <laughs> yeah, dude. You never had like melted cheese? I'm like, just grab a spoon. And people just like get a mad scoop, oh, pour it all over their food. And yeah, that is... That's- This episode is brought to you by our business coaches, NPE. Now, when we started a business, Raf and I, we honestly had no idea what we were doing. And it's a common experience for anyone starting a business in any industry, especially a new industry like fitness. So getting a coach, just like getting a coach in the gym, gives you a plan as to where you need to go. Now, NPE have realized that all gym owners and all fitness professionals need a plan and they've created the one-page fitness business plan. So essentially, it's going to define success for you. It'll help you differentiate your business, which obviously is super important and it'll also just keep you focused so you don't get off track and you don't get overwhelmed. So you guys can download that at themymuscleproject.com slash MPE. So you get the one-page fitness business plan and you also get a 12-minute training video. So go there now. Again, our website, themymuscleproject.com slash MPE. That's a fast way to destroy your diet. Yeah, very fast way. Now, these this next part is the additional appetite suppressing tips. Tread with caution here because they're very addictive substances if you don't take them. And maybe you're better off not taking them. But if you have a really hard time with appetite suppression, these can be helpful. Now, these are caffeine and nicotine. They're both very strong appetite suppressants if you use them correctly. But they're obviously both very addictive and easy to get hooked on. Um, obviously offer a whole bunch of additional benefits but in this particular case they are appetite suppressants caffeine is definitely an appetite suppressant how many people do you know they start the day with a coffee they don't eat till lunchtime Mm. well part of that is you know behavioral and pattern and their body doesn't want to eat in the morning and part of it is because caffeine is an appetite suppressant when people go on these like long fasts they drink black coffee and they drink tea for the caffeine 
because one, they feel better when they drink caffeine, but two, it does suppress your appetite. These drinks. If you just drink water on these fasts, you're going to feel more hungry. So there's definitely appetite suppressing properties of caffeine and then nicotine as well. Now, the safest way to consume nicotine is nicotine gum or a nicotine patch. I think patching nicotine to like get the appetite suppressing effects, probably not in this context of dieting as effective as maybe chewing gum because chewing gum, you're like, you're chewing, yeah, you're yeah. producing saliva. It's like eating. Um, that has a great effect on suppressing your appetite. You feel hungry, chew a piece of nicotine gum. Two milligrams is the equivalent to one, one cigarette of, of nicotine you're going to suppress your appetite. That's why when so many people quit smoking, they put on weight. It's because they were... Nearly everyone does, I think. Yeah. Like extremely common. Well, you were literally chugging on an appetite yeah. suppressant all day, every day, and now you've stopped. All of a sudden, your appetite's come back, so you put on weight. So, again, tread with caution here because things are highly addictive uh, and it can be hard to regulate your intake with them. But if you do really struggle with appetite, then you can suppress them with caffeine and nicotine so caffeine caffeine would probably be better at the start of the day nicotine probably be better at the end of the day um but yeah just just beware when you use these substances so um yeah those are some really effective ways you guys can use to optimize your body composition over the long term and just implementing these little things are not going to make a massive difference in the short term but in the long term is when you're going to be one of those people that everyone's going to be like how do you always stay in shape you know well let me point you to this mind muscle project podcast so if you do know someone that you should point to right now, send this to them, let them know. And if you thought it was helpful, let us know on Mind Muscle Project on Instagram. We're always reading the comments and reading the messages. So thank you so much for tuning in, guys. And we'll speak to you all on the next episode.